but that doesn't really sell any products or anything. So it gets boring and looked over and people think it needs to be more complicated than that. And eating plants can be complicated. Like I don't want you to feel like I'm talking down to you because we're all very busy. Food is expensive. Prepping food takes a lot of time, you know, so I get it. it it's not as simple as eat more plants, but it is at the same time. Hey everyone, welcome to the Nourished and Thriving Show. I'm your host, Katie Lovett. I'm a registered dietitian on a mission to help you increase your impact and legacy on the world while healing your gut and reducing your IBS symptoms. I'm so grateful to have you here. Each week, I'll inspire you to live vibrantly and provide valuable resources and information that empowers you to take bold action towards your health goals. Before we dive in, make sure you follow or subscribe to my show wherever you're listening so you never miss an episode. Ready? Let's go! Hey guys, so today's episode is highly requested from me to do some from some pelvic floor physical therapists who I talk with and just some other people in conversation who are confused either on Instagram or even like real life friends. Like this is something I get asked about a lot and I get it because it can be confusing, but I think a lot of the times it's also made to be more complicated than it really needs to be. And let me just say, I think that that is kind of the standard for nutrition in general. (laughs) I think Everyone's trying to make money off of everything and the more attractive and, you know, complicated and catchy that people can make it sound, the more people want to read it, right? Like look at all those magazine titles at the checkout line at your grocery store that are just completely outlandish and you know they're not true, but it's almost like you can't stop yourself from reaching to see. Maybe they do have the miracle food that ends all cure, that kill, cure, oh my gosh, I messed that up. See, I can't even talk about it. Maybe they do have the miracle cure that like fixes every malady on the planet like they're describing, but most likely not right? There's no one thing that fixes everything. And so I think this topic tends to get overcomplicated because people want to sell you on a solution. And so to do that, it needs to be a problem that you can't fix on your own. And that topic is fiber. Let's just talk about fiber. Okay. So the thing is, we know we are not getting enough fiber in our diets. You have been told that Every time you've looked at nutrition, like I think the average American is getting like 15 grams of fiber a day. If you follow like the paleo crowd, you'll hear like our paleolithic ancestors got in like 150 to 250 grams a day, something like that. And even people living in more like less developed areas where they're eating more like whole foods and plants and hunter gatherer type societies, they're still getting in a lot more fiber, you know, even than the current recommendations, like, you know, a hundred or so grams of fiber a day. Don't, please don't try to go get a hundred grams of fiber in your diet tomorrow. (laughs) It will feel horrible. But the fact of the matter is we're not getting enough. So we need more The average, like the recommendation is like 25 to 35 grams a day. Like if you can get in that range, see how you feel. I bet you'll feel a whole lot better than you feel right now. So I think that's a great starting place. It's a great place to shoot for. Try to get for like the upper end of that, like the 30 to 35 grams. But then the question is, well, what are the different types of probiotics? Oh my gosh, 
not probiotics. What are the different types of fiber? And what are prebiotics? That's what I was going for. And how do they impact the probiotics? And what kind of fiber supplement do I need to be doing? And maybe I shouldn't eat this food because it has this kind of fiber and it's going to cause this problem. And like, it can feel really overwhelming because it's been made to be very complicated. Here's the thing. There's two types of fiber, soluble fiber and insoluble fiber. Soluble, soluble fiber is soluble in water. That means it kind of melts and makes like a gel type substance. Insoluble fiber doesn't really change whenever you put it into water. This is important because if you think about the inside of your digestive tract, it's watery, right? So we're looking at how is this fiber inside of your gut? How is it behaving inside of your gut? So soluble forms more like a gel, insoluble does not. They can function slightly differently, but I'm going to say this before we dig into that. All plant foods have a mix of both for the most part. Okay. Some are higher in soluble and some are higher in insoluble, but for the most part, you're always going to have a mix. So, you know, the takeaway is eat plants, <laughs> right? But that doesn't really sell any products or anything. So it gets boring and looked over and people think it needs to be more complicated than that. And eating plants can be complicated. Like, I don't want you to feel like I'm talking down to you because we're all very busy. Food is expensive. Prepping food takes a lot of time. You know, so I get it. it. It's not as simple as eat more plants, but it is at the same time. So let's dig into a little bit more about soluble fiber. So it forms a gel. It dissolves in water. It forms a gel. So what this does is it actually attracts water to it. It kind of sucks it all in. Think about like the aqua beads that you can set up, right? We stop doing those. Okay, you guys, I have to get some like laughs whenever I tell the story. So my middle daughter, Adeline, God lover. She is a middle child. Like she was born to be a middle child and she is excellent at it. So the one and only time that I brought water beads into my house, I think she was probably about two and we had them outside. So my oldest is like typical oldest. Like we could do all of the cute little sensory bins and activities. I promise this is going somewhere. So we had the aqua beads out on the back patio in a container I'm literally on the phone with our doctor's office confirming a, an appointment or paying a bill or something. Girlfriend sticks an unswollen aqua bead up her nose so far, like past the bone in her nose. She sticks this aqua bead up there. And I'm concerned because it's moist inside of your nose and this aqua bead is going to start swelling and get more stuck as time goes on. She does not have the aqua bead up her nose still today. She's five now. She's okay. She's lived to tell the tale. I've lived to tell the tale. We got it out. But I was concerned because it attracts water to it and it swells and then there's less water in the environment and it's contained into the aqua bead. So there's your funny toddler story for the day. Suck it up her nose, you guys. Like, Why? <laughs> So soluble, soluble fiber does that inside of your gut. It's going to draw water to it. It's going to form a gel. It's going to kind of swell a little bit. Um, and it's going to make your stool softer and easier to pass. So if you're like constipated, having to strain, it feels like you're, you know, it's just kind of like stagnant. Things are just sitting there. Some soluble fiber can help. The caveat with this 
is you need to have water available for it to do the gel thing, right? So if you're not drinking enough water and you're increasing your soluble fiber intake, you're probably actually going to feel worse. So make sure you're getting enough water in whenever you're doing this. Now there's insoluble fiber. And just as the name suggests, it is not soluble in water. <laughs> so this is going to be more like roughage, like it's not going to break down. You're going to sit it in water. It's not really going to change anything, but this can add some bulk to your stool and it can help to improve like the amount, like the frequency of needing to go to the bathroom. So they both play a part. And that's why I think nature has such a beautiful, wonderful design is plants from nature have what we need, right? They all have a mix. They have a balance. Whenever you're eating a wide variety of plant foods, you're getting that, you know, good balance of different types of fiber as well to help support gut function. Okay. Fiber also helps to feed those good tummy bugs, helps with blood sugar control. We talked all about blood sugar and gut health in a previous episode. So make sure you listen to that. And then we're going to talk about supplements too, but before we do that, I'm going to stay on like types for one more second and we're going to chat prebiotics because there's a lot of confusion about prebiotics. So prebiotics, so all fiber is a prebiotic, but not all prebiotics are fiber. Okay. Prebiotics are kind of a novel thing. They're kind of new. There's not a ton of research about it. There's more, more out than there was, but prebiotics is basically like fertilizer for those good tummy bugs. It helps feed the good tummy bugs. So whenever I just said soluble and insoluble fiber both help to feed your good tummy bugs, that's the prebiotic component. Okay. And then, you know, you have other things like resistant starch coming from like cooked and cooled potatoes, cooked and cooled rice. That's not technically a fiber, but it also acts as a prebiotic. So all fiber is a prebiotic. Not all prebiotics are fiber. Okay, so I hope that that helps to clarify a little bit of that for you. So what are my tips on working to increase fiber? If you find, first of all, know where you're at, like maybe track what you're eating for a few days, kind of see how much fiber you're getting in and see like, is that an area that could be causing some of your gut issues, you know, that you're just not getting enough fiber. A lot of the time it's easy to do this with protein except in well, no, the same. It's easy to do this with protein too, where you think you're getting enough and then you're looking at it for a few days and you're like, oh, wow, like I'm actually not eating as much as I thought I was. So track your fiber for a few days, you know, typical days of eating, see where you're falling. If you're at that 30 to 35, you know, gram a day range of fiber and you're still feeling bad, maybe increase it a little bit more. Maybe it's time to look and see what else could be going on that's causing your gut symptoms. Or if you're tracking it and finding, hey, you're just like lower in fiber, you know, start brainstorming how you can add more plants and nuts and seeds into your diet to help boost that number. Whenever you do work to increase fiber, you want to do it slowly. Okay. Like I said before, you don't want to go from, you know, 15 grams today to a hundred grams tomorrow. Like your body needs time to adjust to that. So increase it slowly. It's much easier to increase it too quickly if you're getting your fiber in from a supplement. So let's just talk about supplements for a second. Sometimes they can be really helpful, right? Like if you're busy, you know you're not going to be having as much time as you normally do to prepare your food. If you're going to be on the go, if you know, your eating isn't going to be as in control as it normally is at home because you're traveling, something like that. 
taking a fiber supplement can be really, really helpful. Another time that taking a fiber supplement can be helpful is if you're really struggling to tolerate foods, if you're dealing with a lot of bloating or gas and trying to avoid FODMAPs or, you know, on some sort of an elimination diet, taking a fiber supplement can be helpful. Just look at the type that you're taking. One that I like for people who are like on a low FODMAP diet, who need something a little more gentle is a sun fiber. It can be a little bit more gentle than something like a psyllium husk. But, you know, getting more fiber from whole foods is going to help you gradually increase it and also get the benefit of all the nutrients in those whole foods and all of that stuff too. Just make sure you're chewing it well. Um, all of that chia seeds, flax seeds can be a great thing to add into your food to boost that fiber intake. If you're looking for, man, I feel like I'm eating a lot of, you know, fiber rich foods and I'm still falling short. Like, can you sprinkle in some chia and flax into your smoothie or yogurt or oatmeal or, you know, whatever you're eating to try and boost it some? Hemp hearts is another, another good idea. So sometimes those little guys like chia are so small, but they can pack, pack a really powerful punch. And a lot of the time we eat more simple meals without a lot of ingredients and we can really miss out on some of those things like that. I already touched on water. That was the other thing I'd written down. Just make sure you're getting enough as you work to increase your fiber. Just a reminder of that. Again, don't like overnight, like increase your water by a ton. Like our bodies like to keep things kind of the same, right? Homeostasis. We don't like huge drastic shifts all at once. So gradually increase your water as you gradually increase your fiber. So that is all about fiber, a little bit about prebiotics and what and how to do. If you have any more specific questions about fiber, if you're struggling, reach out and let me know and we'll talk soon. Thank you so much for listening to the entire episode. I hope you are feeling inspired and empowered to take bold action towards your health goals. If you enjoy what you heard, don't forget to follow my show so you never miss a new episode. And it would mean the world to me if you left me a review so others knew what to expect from my show. Last, get in touch. Let me know what bold action you're taking. Let me know how you're inspired. Follow me on Instagram at the underscore healthy gut underscore dietitian. I've put a link in my show notes for you so you can simply click and follow. Come say hi. I respond to all my messages and I can't wait to get in touch.